Conan. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Juice in the Morning. I'm your host, Justin Kelly, because remember, we are kind of trying to be more professional, and I am Justin Kelly. Uh, Juice is not dead. He's still here. Um, he kind of came out last night while I was playing video games and uh, drinking with my friends. Um, I had about six Miller Lights. Um, and I skipped breakfast just for that fact that I would have to uh, save some calories. And I had about six Miller Lights and a couple shots of bourbon and uh, got up and went to the gym today. So it was, a, it was a very productive weekend, but I was getting a little wild on some Modern Warfare last night and we had a good time. But this episode is not about me. This episode is about the two guests that I have today with me on a Zoom call. To my right, I guess, um, I don't know what you guys are looking at on your screen, I guess to my left is Jake Hahn. He is uh, one of the, I think, biggest fans of Juice in the Morning, as well as one of my uh, favorite people in the world to work with in general. How are you doing today, man? I'm good, buddy, and I feel the same way about you. I'm a huge fan. I've been a Juice in the Morning fan since the beginning, so I'm good, though. That, buddy. <clears throat> All right, um, and then below... I know Jake had a long night at work, but we are going to get him energized because we got a lot of fun stuff to talk <laughs> about today, stuff that he's interested in, stuff that he likes, which is film and television. And then also one of my uh, other brothers from another mother, Joe Leatherman. We have been friends for quite some time. We've done a lot of work together with podcasts and we've uh, hung out a lot, but I would also like to uh, continue our work together in the uh, film, you know, just media in general. How are you doing today, man? Oh, I'm doing great, man. You're looking fantastic. The beard's looking good. I've Thanks. never seen you with long hair. It's kind of a crazy <laughs> this is look. The, this is the longest that my hair has ever been. I really like it. I feel like you've uh, <laughs> your, your style and look has changed immensely from when we first met. True, true. When we when we worked together in the in the you know the the regular job, yeah. Yeah, world the, the, the fun see I, I i have no problems talking about that job now because i don't fucking work there anymore <laughs> that place was hell and it still is um I oh feel, it was horrible i feel bad for the people that still work in that industry but i'm happy for them that they uh it seems to be doing better with the COVID stuff and it seems like the company's taking care of them a little bit better they're owned by a different company than what owned us when we worked there well so uh, what is that the fourth care. uh company yeah. change in, in the amount of time that w we were there yeah for sure um, it says turn my mic up juice. Let me see if I can um, do that real quick. <clears throat> uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. I don't know if I can turn it up. All right, that's that's about as loud as I can get it right now. Um, but you can hear me. I think we're good. Um, but anyways, <clears throat> we are here. We are. Um, hanging out, we're talking, and the first thing that I really wanted to get into is Jake Hahn is uh, with us today, and Jake is doing a lot of writing for some projects that we're really working on. And Jake, while I mess with this, uh, while I mess with this audio a little bit, tell people kind of like what we've been working on, and kind of tease the way you want to do it, because I'm going to leave it completely up to you, man. It's it's sure. your baby. I'm working on it. I'm trying to just be executive producer <laughs> over here. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah, we've been. I mean, we this all started. We're we're and we're working on a series called Hightail, which we are in the process of doing. But COVID has kind of uh, held things back. But we will be finishing that. It's just it's a it's a bigger. Uh, it's bigger a big cast. project. It's a very yeah, big it's, project. Yeah, it's a bigger picture too. I mean, this it's we're. This is like a three-year thing we're looking at here for for that if we, it all goes the way we want it to. But 
Uh, we, we discussed, I don't know, about a month ago that I had this idea for a, for an audio drama script and, uh, and I, you know, talked to you about it, about, you know, playing one of the main roles in it and the script's called foreseeable and okay. it's a thriller and it's, uh, about a, I'll just kind of give a, you know, a little bit of a tease here, husband and wife on their 10th anniversary heading to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, going to a cabin in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Uh, he has plans of murdering her, uh, but he doesn't realize that his wife can hear his plotting in, in, in his head because she can hear, she can hear thoughts in her head. So that is the basic, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'll give. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be kind of it's gonna be dark. You know, it's gonna be funny though too. So, I hope people look forward to, you know, listening to that. I think I think we're shooting for a Valentine's Day release. I hope. That's yes. What I'm wanting. I will so I work my we, hardest on editing and sound effects yeah. and all that stuff and make sure that it gets out as as long yeah. as we get it all recorded. I think I can get it done. Um, but if not, I mean, like we, you know, I, we, we want, we want to make a good production though. Yeah. yeah. That's the most important thing, but I think we can get this, this rolling pretty soon. And we got a, we got a good cast. Justin Kelly is one of our main characters, Rachel Crosby, who's a very talented voice actor and uh, just got Matt Warren involved. Just, he just joined up and he's going to play a great part. He's so, going to be fantastic and, as well. And then, you know, Jonathan Botton, who's, you know, a great mutual friend between us. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be great in it, too. So I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about directing it. And I've been writing the script. I'm still writing it. It's been really fun to do, and I can't wait to get it started. So it's going to be great, man. I can't wait. Yes, me either, dude. And I also want to give a shout-out to Rachel Crosby and Miguel Pedroza for uh, following in the stream chat. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, they're both people that we've worked with on these projects. Um, and yeah. Rachel is one of the, uh, I guess I would say that she's going to be the star of foreseeable. So she uh, is. everybody yeah. be, be ready for her. I guess that's going to be her awesome. debut because that'll be out before Hightail for yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she plays, she's going to be playing a huge part in Hightail too. So, and so will Miguel in, uh, in, in Hightail. So yep, Love them both. I can't wait. Rachel really was the one that, you know, her voice is what pushed me to write this script. So, I mean, I just, once we started working with her, she was, you know, we're all new at this kind of, you know, getting right. into this, but as we've been working, because we've already recorded a couple of times and her, I just was like, you know, I need to write this, yeah. you know, because I just think it would work so well. And, and, you know, I just, I really think we have talented people and I think we can really make something good. And so. that's what I wanted to like kind of share with everybody that's watching maybe on the Facebook live and the, and listening on the podcast, like this is something that we're all doing kind of like fully from, um, just our heart. Like we don't have really any money behind it or anything like that, but we have a lot of yep. talented people that will be able to create some really great, 
uh, I think content that I think people enjoy. And it's something that I've always wanted to do ever since I started listening to some audio drama podcasts. I was like, dude, I want to do that. I think that would be really cool. Um, I want somebody else to experience the same thing I do because a lot of times when I listen to an audio drama, I'm going on a long trip. I download like, you know, 12 episodes of a season of something and I listen to it. And it's to me like one of those things that I just, I get so sucked into. And then you just, you're looking forward to that next episode or that next uh, you know, twist or anything like that. So it's something that I think we're going to have a lot of success with. We just got to get to work. And then, you know, talking about content and just in general, like that kind of stuff, I know Joe over here is doing a, uh, is doing a lot of streaming and working on like graphic design and just kind of learning, um, a bunch of different programs. So kind of just tell me where you're at Joe and like what you're doing and maybe, uh, you know, plug yourself a little bit to anybody that might be interested in utilizing you. Uh, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, um, I think that we, I, I, everybody can agree with me that, that this year has been kind of, uh, um, well, it's been, it's been pretty awful for, for a ton of people. Um, I've been kind of in the minority of, of, of that. And I've been very, uh, I'm not trying to make light of, right. of, of, a, of a terrible situation, but, but, uh, um, this year has been very good to me. Um, I ended up getting fired from my day job, which, uh, put me into a position where, um, I could start, I could have like the, the time and the, and the funding to, um, kind of pursue something that, I, that I've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah. Uh, most of, uh, and, and maybe even before I realized that this is where, uh, kind of my art direction was, was headed. My creativity direction was headed in my life. Um, but finally I sat down and decided that, that, um, you know, I've worked in film for, I don't know, a little less than a decade. Yeah. Um, to longer some extent. Than what, longer than what I actually thought about until you just said that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it has been that long. Jesus. Uh, um, but long- so, uh, so, um, I, I think I finally got to a point where I wanted to, to, to start making, uh, uh, my, my own stuff. Um, yeah. And what this year has afforded me was um, the time and um, the kind of the space to be able to kind of experiment with where I where I was headed creatively. Um, and what this has allowed me to do is 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 get to a point where um, I decided that I wanted to be able to, um, from a technical perspective, be able to shoot a shoot a, an entire feature film um, and be able. Uh, to have the um, the education and the skill to to uh, execute the um, every facet of the filmmaking process um, from um, everywhere from from writing uh, to editing to uh, uh, you know actually filming to post production to all that um, um, so that was the goal um, and and I kind of set out to do that and and uh, um, and that is still I'm still building this this company but as a byproduct of 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 the equipment that I had and because of COVID keeping us inside, um, um, kind Kind of a very blessing in disguise kind of situation in a way it it was kind of a, it was an organic branch of what I'm still planning to do in my creative career, um, that I found along the journey, um, that has been, um, been a lot of fun. I've also met a lot of really cool people in the process. Uh, um, so I started streaming on Twitch since, I was playing video games um, in my spare time anyway. Yeah. Anyway, 
And uh, what that turned into was was um, what seemed to me as as a and like I said, an appropriate organic branch of of uh, uh, my um, creative pursuits and um, and then that led any further I, 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 with with my twitch streaming, which uh, my I, I'll tell you the name anyway because it's kind of a short story behind the name. Um, yeah, what's your, what's uh, your twitch handle so that people know uh, where to go? Um, it is uh, McCready gaming okay um, and uh, and I'll tell the story behind that. Um, well, I'll tell it real quick. Um, so so because it, it, it kind of goes with it. So when I started streaming, um, um, uh, a f- an old friend of ours um, uh, named Chris Browser, Bowser, um, he uh, he was a veteran um, who uh, he actually goes by the handle Grenade Legs and and runs a non for profit uh, uh, called Heroes Meeting Heroes, okay, um, where he connects veterans with uh, um, celebrities um, and other other famous people to. Um, um, veterans who uh, you know don't get to normally meet stars and stuff. He yeah, does a really sure. cool, a lot of really cool stuff. But he's been building on Twitch th- as well. Um, so so we jumped in the group. We started playing a lot of Among Us. Uh, are you okay. familiar? Yeah, I am familiar. And I actually um, just bought um, a board kind of game that's very similar the internet right to now. <clears throat> um, so uh, when the premise of Among Us, uh, when I first started playing, I realized it's kind of like uh, the film, The Thing. Uh, John Carpenter is the thing. One of my favorite, uh, I think, film creators in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and the the concept of who who's the imposter, um, it, it just seemed like that. So I went with a joke when I started playing with this this large group of of of, of people, um, and I just started naming my character McCready because R.J. McCready is Kurt Russell's character. And, <laughs> and, uh, um, I like that in the thing. Um, and you can't, you can literally never go wrong with Kurt Russell. So, no, absolutely uh, not. Right. Um, so that, uh, then that nickname kind of stuck. So yeah. McCready gaming, um, is where my Twitch handle is at. So, so definitely um, follow that. Um, yeah. So, um, and I'm, uh, uh, streaming inconsistently, um, <laughs> at, at, at this point, but, um, because right now I'm really building up. Um, to go to kind of bring it back to to the film company that I wanted to uh, to make um, and McCready Gaming being a branch of of uh, the company which is called uh, Gray Matter Productions. Okay. Um, which uh, if you remember, maybe <laughs> this was I think literal years ago when I was on your podcast last. Oh yeah. Um, but. Uh, uh, we had spoke to a podcast that I wanted to make, and it was going to be called the the Gray Matter Podcast, and that was for my my buddy uh, who I worked in film for several years, Austin Gray. So mm-hmm. the name is is it is still it an there. Ode, ode to him. It's an ode to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's also turned into this kind of like um uh, I don't know what we want to call it. Um, uh, just a symbol for like all of the creative endeavors that I said I would do, but I've put off for too long. Yeah. You got to get into it, man. You got to just go you and know? do it. <laughs> and, so, and having that blessing in disguise of like the pandemic yeah. and just, you know, the real world job and that kind of thing, kind of, uh, you know, having those things happen are giving you that opportunity, I think, to work on that real quick before I, I hate to interrupt you. I apologize, but I'm just no, going to talk fine. to the chat you're real quick. Good. Miguel Pedroza said flash. I think it's flash gets on YouTube literally did a thing among us mashup. So if oh. uh, 
if you're listening to this or watching it, don't leave yet. At the end of the episode, go there and go to YouTube and check that out. Um, nice. But go go ahead, like um, tell people what like what they can do and what you can do to work with them, and oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and then uh, I forget you probably took the notes, so I'm trying to remember what we're doing next. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, and then I think uh, I think we have some trivia to jump into. Oh yeah, that's this. what I'm talking about. Uh, but um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, and to, and to add to this, like I said, uh, McCready Gaming turned into an organic uh, uh, kind of branch of Open Sign Productions, um, especially with COVID. Um, we have some stuff. I don't know how much you want to talk about at this point in time, but um, we have some stuff uh, that I'm hopefully going to be working with you two specifically for uh with, with you know with with uh on the film end of open sign production stuff yep um um so i'm really excited to get into that because of covid though uh like i said it's kind of kept us inside yeah um so what this branch of mccready gaming has done for me is is uh i've kind of taken the same mentality of of i want to do everything from scratch um, from a technical side at this point, it kind of feels, uh, uh, like my ego is getting in the way and I just need to do everything, but, um, <laughs> it's been incredibly educational. Um, um, that's for sure. Um, yeah, you gotta, but, you gotta uh, do this stuff to learn it. And, and kind of like what we were talking about off screen, you know, it's like, we gotta, before we can find our own voice, you know, you kind of gotta do this creative stuff to, yep. to, until it, um, until you find what meshes. Um, and I found out I really like design. Yeah. Um, so, soon i don't know when um but that's gonna um i've been designing uh like graphic design i've been re- i've been designing uh twitch overlays um in my spare time which i might um, be uh uh securing your your services here soon because i like the juice in the am overlay mm-hmm. that i'm using right now mm-hmm. because the guy that made it was fantastic i appreciated his help but also at the same time i kind of want to maybe change it up a little bit because I want something specific for the podcast and then specific for the gaming. Yeah. 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 And, uh, dude, uh, now I'm, now I'm dissecting your, uh, uh, <laughs> your overlay yeah. over my other screen. Um, um, but yeah, uh, it's just been, it's been so much, like I said, I can't say enough how fortunate that I've been this year. This has been a very, uh, uh, even from, uh, um, just a very personal perspective. I feel like, I feel better than i've ever been in a in a creative space nice. i guess um so so i feel like it's 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 all good um i've i've had a lot of time to kind of search and find my creative direction nice. and this year has been very good to me awesome and so really quick also miguel pedroza he said and specific for his only fans uh yeah i might be streaming on only fans soon no i'm not gonna be doing that come on nobody wants to see this on only fans um but yeah so uh, there's a niche market for everything <laughs> we did talk uh you did mention kurt russell and kurt russell is a uh big uh, i think he works with tarantino quite a quite a bit i think he's been in a lot of the films um i think he's played a lot of uh, big parts and uh tarantino uh, trivia is kind of what I wanted to do with both of you guys because I know both of you guys are big fans of Tarantino's work and I know that you guys can probably answer all of these but I wanted to also let the uh, chat in the uh, in the group kind of you guys can answer too but I mean these two guys they got to do it on their own so give it a few minutes before you throw your guys's answers all in right. there okay please and uh, Cam Carey has liked the stream I appreciate it buddy thank you for doing that that's uh that's one of your buddies isn't it Joe yeah yeah that's my roommate we played some, and, we played some uh, video can, games with him 
Yeah, yeah, you you will find him playing uh, video games on on Twitch with me quite awesome. quite a bit. His his handle is Camavert. <laughs> All right. So what I wanted to get into though is there's there's no <clears throat> there's no really uh, I mean one of you guys will win this and. Um, it could be one of those things where you guys all you guys both answer all the questions right. So for the last question, I'll let you guys like wager, um, you know, who, how many points or how many answers you want to wager at the end, and we'll go from there. So the very first one I feel like is a softball. Um, I want what I okay. So let me. I didn't even think this through on how we would do this. Um, so basically, what I want to happen is um, I'm going to ask the question. And we'll rotate. So I'll go with Jake first, and then I'll go to Joe. And then for the next question, we'll just flip that to Joe and then Jake, okay? Okay. All right. So the very first one, I feel like it's kind of a softball because I even knew this movie. Um, Which Tarantino movie Jake opens in an airport? Opens in an airport. Oh, uh, Jackie Brown. All right, Joe, is is that also your answer as well? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you guys are correct. An innocent flight attendant accidentally gets involved in a confusing situation, including police and an arms dealer in Jackie Brown. That is correct. Um, actually, okay. So the next question is Reservoir Dogs and from Dust Till Dawn share a common phrase. Which is it? Joe, go first. Ooh. This one is a little tougher, right? Because I didn't know this at all. I, I mean, and I love From Dust Till Dawn, and I don't even remember this line being said. Uh, and Reservoir Dogs, you said? Reservoir Dogs and From Dust Till Dawn, this common phrase is used in both films. And then, uh, all right, I'll give you a clue, too. In Reservoir Dogs, this was said when Joe Cabot, Lawrence Tierney, is leading the meeting with the Reservoir Dogs. In From Dust Till Dawn, Seth Gecko, George Clooney, says it when he is kidnapping the Fuller family. All I can think of... Oh, sh- shit. I, mean, <laughs> See, this I is really don't know one. this one. That's a good question. All right. um, uh, I can't think. Uh, I'll just just to give an answer because I'm I'm not certain of this that uh, Gordon Gecko said this, but let's go to work. Okay, Jake, <laughs> do, you, do you know do you know an answer? Uh, I was gonna guess like something about tipping, but I don't think that's it. So. All right, and anybody in the chat, do you Miguel Pedroza? Do you know the line that they use? Because both of those are incorrect. All right, and we'll wait. We'll wait to see if he if he posts the answer, but. Basically, I'll uh, I'll just share the answer with you guys. The answer is okay, Ramblers. Let's get rambling. So Joe was oh, close. Yeah. G- get to work, but it was okay, Ramblers. Let's get rambling. So that okay. was a tough one. That was a good one. I'm glad that, that I'm glad that you guys one. got yeah. stumped on yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, all right. So next question in Jackie Brown. It is brought up that Ordell, Samuel L. Jackson, and Lewis Robert De Niro did time together in Huntsville, Texas. What other character from a Tarantino movie? mentions Huntsville, Texas. Jake, go ahead first. Ooh. Oh, my God. Uh, um, man, that's tough. That's a <laughs> tough one. Uh, we're, we're actually not Tarantino fans. I was feeling pretty confident about this. Uh, some of these are very deep cuts. I'm just trying to think. 
I'm just trying to think. So they mentioned the prison in Huntsville, Texas, or just the town itself? Yeah, so they just mentioned Huntsville, Texas. I'm not... You're asking what character? What character from... uh, What other character from a Tarantino movie mentions Huntsville, Texas? Can you give us the movie? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kill Bill, Volume 1. Oh, it's... uh, I know. Is it Michael Madsen's part? Uh, I can't think of his you name. You can't remember his character. I can't remember the character name. All right, it's, it's blank. So I'll let but you, he. I'll let Joe. Do you do you have an answer? No, no, I don't okay. know. All right, uh, Miguel. I'm going to let you type too. But once again, the stream is a little bit behind our live talking right now. So I'll just give the answer. It is Buck from Kill Bill Volume One. In one of the flashback scenes in Kill Bill Volume 1, the bride recalls him saying he was from Huntsville. Michael Madsen, which you guys got correct, as Bud from Kill Bill Volume 2, also lived in Texas at least at one point, but he lived in El Paso. Jake yeah. got Michael Madsen correct. I just just to be clear. Yeah, so Jake, I, I have no idea. I would give I would give Jake what two half. Yeah. Jake has a half point, and you He's guys got both, a whole point. You guys both have a you guys both have a point. So Jake has a point and a half. Uh, Joe has a point five, or one point. Um, next one, the and we went with Jake first last time, so we're going with Joe. Which Tarantino movie did Harvey Keitel only talk over a phone in? Is who's going first? Is it Joe? Joe, yeah. Only talked over a phone in Harvey Keitel. Oh. <laughs> I like while you're thinking, uh, Miguel Pedroza, Buck and Bill's brother, and I'm here to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh shit. I don't know. Um, this one you you have what how many films has tarantino done eight yeah and well and i can count two for the lack of a phone because of the time period correct um so and he was actually in reservoir dogs he was actually in um what he was actually in pulp fiction he was was Mm -hmm. he was it jackie brown we'll let jake answer as well i'm gonna go with jackie brown uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, you got this. I'm just trying to think of the, all the films because I feel like this is a small part. Yep, he only he talked over a phone. Yeah, yeah, it was a small part, and it, I'm gonna wait, go. Wait, with, when you say talked over a phone, you meaning we didn't see him? Correct. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah. I Damn. <laughs> uh, man, this is pretty good. Um, let's go with... Uh, I'm just going to be safe and go Jackie Brown, too. All right. I don't think so, I said that. So you guys are both incorrect. And I yeah. think uh, Joe threw you guys off with the timeline thing because the answer is Inglorious Bastards. During World War II... Well, the two, the two, that, I, the two that I was saying was... was uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the two, uh, what, what, the hateful eight and, uh, Django. Yeah. During world war two, a small Jewish American army known as the bastards set out to kill as many Germans as possible. Their lives, as well as those of an evil man called the Jew hunter, one of his victims who got away and a traitor to the Germans all intercept in three different plans to take place in a movie cinema. All right. Number five. Huh. 
Actor Michael Bowen played Buck in Kill Bill Volume 1. What role did he have in Jackie Brown? And we're starting with Jake. Oh. See, if, if, if you guys want, I can skip the Jackie Brown ones if that's not one that you guys are as familiar with. No, I love that. that. Oh, I, it's just I, these I, questions I, are hard. I, I love that movie. See, I thought Buck was played by Michael Madsen. <laughs> right. But... It, it, but it was a different person. I'm so confused now. Um, no, uh, you you did say Buck was played by Michael Madsen. Yeah. 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 Is that who you said, Justin? Actor Michael Bowen played Buck in Kill Bill Volume One. Oh wait, that is true. Um, I don't understand that. Michael, Ma- no, Michael Madsen. I'm sorry, was Bud. So you were close, oh, but you were, yeah, okay. you were, you were wrong. Up. So uh, he's not even getting a point five for that. So you guys are one apiece right now. Okay. Yeah. That's, um, I'm just trying to remember who Buck is. Oh, Buck is, uh, I know Buck is, he's the guy who he, he rapes her at, he's the, he has the van. Yep. He plays the other detective and Jackie Brown. He's Michael Keaton's partner i don't remember his name oh you're right all right yeah. so that's the that's jake's answer joe you're right do you yeah. know do you know the name because you guys are both i don't know the name you guys are both yeah. on the on the right point so i'm going to give uh, jake another half point it is detective mark dargus he certainly changed sides of the law he was also mask number two a hitman in godfather three who was sent to kill don vincent vinnie mancini's corleone i prefer him as a bad guy so that was uh, that was that question. Let's uh, move on. <clears throat> so Jake, now you do have one point five points. Um, number seven. Who was Mister White in Reservoir Dogs? What was the actor's name? Is this Joe's? Joe's. Joe's first. I'm name? sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna screw this up. Um, <laughs> you got it. If if it if it's a clue at all for both of you guys. This name has already, already this name has already been mentioned in one of the questions. Yeah, I, I already knew who it was. Is it Madsen? It's Michael Madsen. Final <clears throat> final answer. Yeah. No. Jake. Harvey Keitel. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Harvey Keitel, who put up that. a lot of money. <laughs> Harvey Keitel, who put up a lot of money to get this film made, played Mr. White. Hey, if Miguel, if you're in the chat, do you want to join the Zoom call? Just say something in there because uh we'll we'll do another like five or six questions if you want to join because he said he he seems like he owns all or he knows all he's kicking answers, our ass right so now that's what he says um <laughs> let's see if he wants to join i'll shoot you the link in facebook yeah. <clears throat> um okay and this next one should be easy so we'll start with we'll start with jake i think you guys will both get this what independent film that was directed written and acted in by quentin tarantino was his first commercial success in 1992 that he 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 acted and directed he directed four rooms. written and acted in, in four rooms okay joe you said in 92 yeah i think you i think uh jake you want to you want to you already gave your final answer though for four rooms so joe. yeah um that's reservoir dogs then isn't it joe with a point joe with a point is um, reservoir because dogs because pulp fiction was 95 and and then rooms was 
after that, I thought. Yeah. A group of thieves meet to organize a jewel robbery to protect their identities from each other. They used code names. Harvey Keitel is Mr. White. Tim Roth is Mr. Orange. Michael Madsen is Mr. Blonde. Steve Buscemi dominates an early scene when he objects to his assigned code name, Mr. Pink. The opening slow motion scene that finds the dog striding is a classic film technique often imitated. All right. Um... This is, I think this is a good one. This will start with Joe. I think you'll know this one as well. So right now we're at 1.5 for Jake, 2 for Joe. Which Tarantino movie was really only half a movie, the other half being directed by Robert Rodriguez? Oh, the um, um, the Grindhouse double feature. What was the name of it, though? Of Quentin's version? Uh, so uh, Tarantino was, was only Death, half. Death Proof. There you go. So Jake is that. Is that, uh, what are you thinking? Do you think it's Death Proof as well? Death Proof, yeah. All right, so you guys both got that. So we've got uh, Death Proof, a creepy weirdo named Stuntman Mike has always enjoyed one thing more than anything else, and that is selecting a group of women and killing them in bizarre ways. Only this time, the group he has chosen are a lot more capable than the ones in the past. Um, All right, he says he's good. He's screaming at the screen right now. Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I read that. Uh, let's see. So right now, Joe's got a point five lead, right? Or no? No, Jake has a. Well, God, I'm losing track. Um, I yeah, thought Jake had a lead on me. Yep. So you guys, Jake's two point five, Joe's two point oh. Um, yeah. and then let's find. I want to find a good one. So, all right. So this is going to start with Jake, correct? Yeah, I think. Who yep. sh- who shot Marvin in the face? Uh, Vincent Vega. <laughs> Joe, Vincent what is, Vega, what is your answer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, um, uh, Vincent Vega. It's uh, 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 what's his name? John Travolta. Yep. So yeah. that's that's three point five for Jake, three point oh for for Joe. Um, this this is the this will be the last one before the last one that you guys can put um, some points on. So Joe, okay. this is going to start with you. Quentin Tarantino experience experiments with many genres of film. What genre did he pay homage with his 1995 film Jackie Brown? All right, Miguel, I'm going to send um, you the link invite, what, by the way. So if you do want to jump in, you're more than welcome to. Um, can you repeat the question? Yeah, it's the film. What kind of genre was the um, film? Oh, I'm sorry, I just screwed it up. Quentin Tarantino experiments with many genres of film. What genre did he pay homage to with his 1995 film, Jackie Brown? Shit. Um it's a, I think it's a, I think this is a good one because it's one that you guys may not be familiar with. I actually, this is a question that I did know. Um, I don't know this answer. Which yeah. I'm kind of excited um, about. I don't know what he specific. Yeah, I don't All know. Right. All right, Jake, what uh, film I, genre? I, I don't know the name. Uh, I know it's like Motown. Like, it's like Motown something. It has to do with, because I play the music in it. And the, you're but very, I can't you're, think you're of close. it. close. You're close. Yeah, I know. I know it, and I can't think of it. It's but when you say it, I'll be like, yeah. So. You guys, you guys will both know it as soon as I as soon as I say it. So ba- the answer is black exploitation. 
So black exploitation okay. yes. came about as films began to emerge as black actors and filmmakers attempted to tap into black moviegoers as audiences. Such films addressed the black culture that was not portrayed in typical Hollywood fare. Tarantino denied the black exploitation label, but it is certainly clear that the film is an homage to that genre. Pam Greer, who is sometimes referred to as the queen of black exploitation films, came on board to play Jackie Brown, a character not unlike title roles she played in Coffee and Foxy Brown. Tarantino adapted Elmore Leonard's 1982 novel Rum Punch into a screenplay and directed. Yeah. So there you go. One more question. So you guys are, there's 3.5 to Jake and, uh, and three to Joe. So let me find this next one that should be tough. Cause you guys gotta, you guys gotta be able to wager on it. <clears throat> I gotta trust my gut. All right. So let's see here. Okay. No, that would be too easy. <laughs> so I, I was just gonna, I was gonna ask you guys from, cause I like from Dust Till Dawn. Uh, what character does Tarantino play in Dust Till Dawn? This is not the question. This is just, I think you guys yeah. will both know that. Yeah, I know it. You guys can both say it since I'm looking. So. Uh, Ge- he's Gecko's. He's one of the Gecko brothers. A, I can't think of his name, but um, oh, I've got, I've got a good. I really name. don't. I don't know his first name either. Um, yeah, I don't remember. It Gordon either. Gecko. It's Richard and... Gecko. Yeah, I don't remember. Richard Gecko. All yeah. right, and the last question. Before we say the last question, I want you guys to. Um, decide how much how many points that you want to wager since joe jake is at 3.5 you can go first on how many you want to wager uh <laughs> i'm going to you know what uh, all in actually all, three points three, three points. points okay three yep. points joe yeah how many are you, are you going to go with three as well are you going to go all in yeah yeah all right so Kind of have to. According to at least two of Tarantino's movies, which is a very painful place to be shot. Before you answer, both of you guys think of your answer. Okay. Got and, it. And make sure you're not going to change it. You can't change it. This is all on the honor system. Um, Joe, go first. In the belly. Jake. I, can I? Can, what was the question again? According to I, at I least the, two of Tarantino's movies, which is a very painful place to be shot. Yeah, belly. You guys are both saying belly. Yep. Final answer. Yes. Final answer. <laughs> it's actually the kneecap and Kill Bill ah. Volume Two. Bill says uh. to Beatrix, Beatrix Uma Thurman that the next shot would be in her kneecap and that he hears that is a painful place to be shot. In Reservoir Dogs, Mr. White, Harvey Keitel, tells Mr. Orange, Tim Roth, that along with the kneecaps, the gut is the most painful place you can be shot. So you guys were fucking close. Uh, you guys were close. Yeah, I remember him saying I, the gut. The gut yep. part. Well, Reservoir but, Dogs yeah. is exactly what I was thinking yeah. of when he was shot in the stomach. Yeah, yeah he did say two movies. Yep. <laughs> you guys, yeah, you guys were close, but... You did not yeah. get it. So, Joe, actually, Jake takes the win with a point five points. With a point .5. <laughs> so, so we're going to have to do a little bit of research the next time before we do the next uh, the next trivia because I think we I need to do it again. was way too confident about that game. Um, we need to do it again for sure. I thought that I thought you guys were going to destroy that. <clears throat> but yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. That no. moves, uh, unless Miguel Pedroza jumps in, which he is free to jump in whenever he wants. Um, if he decides to, he will have, he said, some questions as well for uh, for Quentin Tarantino films. But let's move on into um, the next section that I wanted to talk to you guys about. And anybody that's in the chat, go ahead and share what you guys think as well. Um, I want to know, both of you guys, we can start. Oh, there he is. We're admitting him. We're admitting Uh-oh. him. Uh-oh. We're admitting him. Let's see if he shows up here. Oh, there he is. There he is. Ah, here we go. Uh, What's up, Deadman? They they showed a a poor performance, didn't they, Deadman? That was pretty bad. (laughs) It was atrocious. (laughs) Black exploitation, literally, it's in the it's in the ending credits. Do you not did you guys not read that? It was it was on the tip of my tongue and I'll be honest. I just I, I wasn't confident in the answer. Oh, I love it. Uh, he actually. I know gives, you're just. <laughs> I know you're disappointed in me. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I am a little bit. Uh, yeah. Aside from the gut, the kneecap. Like, aside from the kneecaps, the gut is the most painful place to be shot. Harvey Keitel. Come on, yep. guys. Really, All right. Mr. White. Miguel, you did say in the I chat knew that. that you had, you had some it. good trivia yeah, questions. <clears throat> so I wanted you to jump in, and you can uh, you can hang out as long as you want. If you want to hang out after you ask your questions, we've got a few more things that we're going to go through, um, and we're going to do like another game at the end as well, uh, Dead Man. If you want to stay, but go ahead and uh, throw out your uh, trivia questions. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, a movie that he did sell. The reason he sold it was to actually finance Reservoir Dogs. That movie being, of course, True Romance. Okay, I love True Romance. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there are some it. very, very specific, <laughs> very cool trivia things I that I know about True Romance. And it's actually one of my all-time favorite movies. It was my introduction not only to Tarantino, but that really, really dark movie setting. You know, that that like ultra-violence, nothing uh-huh. is Hollywood. Everything is really, really dark. And what's really funny is, I, I'm sorry, I completely blanked on your name. Me? Joe. Joe. Yeah. Hey, Joe, what are you doing with that gun in your hand? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's start with that then. What's the name of the pimp of Dakota? That Joe. Oh, 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 oh. Um, Joe starts. I have no answer. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll do this Jeopardy style. If you don't know, say pass, it'll go to the next person. Um, You look like him. That's why I had to ask the question. <laughs> well, it, it, it's 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 one of my favorite um, actors. Um, yeah. um, damn it! It's something weird. Um, fuck, man! <laughs> it's right there, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, oh, God. Um, <laughs> Before it's, we get pulled off of Facebook for copyright, shit, I don't, don't want to. Uh, yeah, I don't want to take up too much time. I can't think of it. I um um. You I mean, it's it's one of Gary Oldman's uh, greatest performances it in, is, in that yeah. short little that short little bit uh, in his dreadlocks and his weird eye. Oh shit! <laughs> so he, he's got think, the actor right the then, right, Dead Man? Say again. He's got the actor right then, right? He's got the actor right. Okay. Jake, what is it? I don't know. I don't remember. I know. I know. I'm, I'm disappointed gonna, in myself. I'm gonna. I love I'm gonna that. Hate this too. when you tell me. Drexel. Drexel. Fuck. Yeah. See. <laughs> I, love uh, it. I love it. 
He's always got he's always got crazy awesome uh, villain names like oh, yeah. Carnegie and what was that oh, one? Let's uh, let's jump off of that then. Who did Drexel kill in his first scene in the entire movie? There was one very famous actor in that scene. He killed two people. One of them being a it. very famous actor. I got it. Sam Jackson. Ooh. Oh, sorry. I just threw it out there. That's all right, Jake. What do you think? I can't even think of it. <laughs> I'm, it's been so long since I've watched the movie that I don't know. I don't remember. Joe gets it. Sam. It is Jackson. Sam Jackson. I do remember because that movie is littered with uh, huge names for it very is. small parts. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of very small parts for very huge names, who played Elvis? In I, knew, I do oh. know this one. Oh, it's <laughs> Jake's turn to start. What, what's that? It's your it's turn. Jake. Jake. Go for it, Jake. It's, it's, uh, it's Val Kilmer, isn't it? 100%. 100%. Val Kilmer. Is it Val nice. Kilmer? It is. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. we go. There we go. Let's go. Yeah. Now... Um, there was also another famous actor who also was in Reservoir Dogs who played an actor in this movie. Who is it? Oh, I can't think of his fucking name. Um, uh, oh, yeah. I, I can't think of his, his, no. his actual name. Um, <laughs> the character names are getting you guys. Yeah, I can't I think of his, I can't think of his actor name either. Actor. I, I can't think of the actor, actor name right now. It's now, the guy that would have a big part in Reservoir Dogs, so don't confuse the two, because I know who you're thinking of, but it's not that person. He was in Reservoir Dogs in a very minute role. But he would he played an actor in Yeah, yeah, the guy that went on the uh the I guy just, that went on the roller coaster with him. I hope um, that everybody that is listening to this as a podcast is screaming at their phone right now or they're speakers or their tv or their um, car and and the dude's in everything too <laughs> he is he's in a ton of things yeah, yeah this is um, one of my favorite parts of his i see his face plastered on a sports uh ad recently on youtube um fuck i don't remember i don't remember his name all right jake is it steve buscemi no michael rapperport ah! oh okay oh yeah <laughs> yep, that guy he goes he, he goes in yeah, he goes in the auditions for TJ uh, Hooker as one of the getaway drivers. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Michael Rappaport, too. Damn yeah. it. It's been a while since I've seen it. It really has been. So let's at least keep going in this vein of big actors in small roles. Okay. There was one actor who it was rumored, although technically true to be his very first on-film role. Ooh, oh, I got Brad Pitt. Joe? Nah. Rumored to be his very first on film role. Brad Pitt is too old in that movie. Um, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I could be way because I, I think Dumb and Louise was Brad Pitt's like first big role, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's Brad Pitt. Um, You've got a you got a smaller stable of actors to work with 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 Tarantino too, right? Sort of like when it comes to cameos and stuff like that, he does like to stuff people in there just because they're really interesting, and sometimes uh, like it. it and this is, career. And this, is, I mean, this is a Tony Scott film. Uh huh. Um. 
Three seconds. <laughs> I don't know. It is actually Brad Pitt. Really? Oh. Yeah. Wow. He's the guy on the couch. Well, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's like, you keep driving, you keep driving, don't make. Oh. Uh, then don't you keep driving. Me, motherfucker, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Dead Man, I appreciate you doing the trivia. Um, but I oh, did. Oh, that's it. That's it. I got, I got like, so I got like, okay, like two more. Two more. I'll give two you more. one more. Two more. Come on. Because we, we're and, already. And I won't leak your nudes. All right. We're already at Because right now minutes. we're at a tie. We're, we're at, at 40, a tie between yeah, two We're at 48 minutes, so these answers better be quick. All right. So, um,. There was an actor who was actually considering retiring right before he got the part for this movie. He kills the father. What is the actor? Joe, it's your turn to start. Very famous actor, and he was actually considering retiring the year before before he got this role. And in this role, he kills Christian Slater's father in the movie. Who's the actor? Oh. Um, Jake says says he's got it, so hopefully Joe. Yeah, but it's Joe. Uh, hopefully Joe comes up with it. Pass. It's Christopher Walken. It is Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh, duh! I completely forgot about that scene. <laughs> and, and, no, that's bad. And that's quick. bad. I was like, who the fuck is Christian yeah. Slater's father in that movie? Dennis it's, Hopper. Oh my god. Yeah, and he gets killed by Christopher Walken. Real quick, and of course. Dead uh, man. What what year was this film that you're talking about? Off the top of my head, I don't fucking remember. Okay. Was it nineties? <laughs> it's, it's early nineties. Okay. Really early nineties. Okay. Uh, he sold. He sold this. He sold the rights to this film because he wanted to originally write and direct it. I'd even play one of the parts in it, but uh, nobody knew him as a director. Nobody right. knew him as a writer. So they were like, "We can. We'll buy it off you, and we won't change much." Right. But they changed the ending. They changed the end. They, well, they changed. They changed two aspects. They changed one, the ending, and Drexel. Yeah, that was the that was the other thing they changed. All right, last Believe question. It or not, they changed Drexel to be more offensive. <laughs> um, and originally Drexel was supposed to be like a like a, a, a an English immigrant. That's why Gary Oldman was cast. And then, to make it make sense, in the city that they were in, they changed the Drexel part to be this wannabe white boy thug thing going on <laughs> so the last question is what does da what does dakota write on the napkin at the end of the movie and jake starts and, and jake starts i'm not even gonna try and waste time i don't know Pass. <laughs> my yep. heart jake i know i'm sorry buddy i'm sorry yeah doesn't he write does he write fuck off or something? No, Dakota, the girl, writes this. Oh, oh, oh. Um, shit. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I know what you're talking to... about now, but I don't know. It's don't actually remember. the DVD uh, special edition cover. You're so cool. Oh, yeah, that's a she good. writes it on a napkin. That's like, a good one. Yeah, you should start a podcast where you just do trivia. <laughs> I haven't known physical media in ages, man. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So that, I do an entertainment podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the VT Network. Anybody that's listening and uh, you guys want to check out Dead Man over there. Um, but they, let's, yeah, let's, definitely, let's move on from the trivia uh, to... Jake wins, by the way. 
Jake wins that one. Jake yep. won two. Two two and zero oh against Joe. We're gonna do another it one. Very, it wasn't a very good outing. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> we'll definitely that do it more because I think it's really fun to do that. I think it's great. Um, but the next yeah. thing, the next section that we wanted to talk about, uh, Dead Man, we talked about it prior to the podcast. So you're you're just hearing this the first time. So I'll start with those two guys first. What is something that you're watching right now, Jake, or something that you've watched recently that you don't think anybody knows about, but somebody that they should watch? Uh, like a like a series, a series or a movie, anything movie. that you, anything that you think people should watch. I think I think so. A movie, and, and me and and Johnny really like a Jonathan Botton, uh, uh, Logan Lucky is like one of my favorite movies right now. Uh, it's one. it's it's got a good cast. It's uh, the same writers and directors from the Ocean Eleven movies. Uh, it's just hilarious and it's a smart movie and it's so smart can i add something with that like i yeah i actually watched that just kind of like i was scrolling through i'd seen it so many times and i'm a, i'm a big fan of that kind of style and everything i uh, feel like daniel craig's uh range that he shows in that film is actually pretty fucking cool he's unbelievable he is so great i mean the fact that that dude's james bond and he plays a West Virginian, like, you know, like kind of idiot. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a great movie though. I mean, Adam Driver's hilarious in it. It's just good. So anybody listening or watching along or any, any way you consume this product, if you've skipped over Logan Lucky, like I did for a long time, just click on it and watch it. Check it out. It is. It's great. And then we'll go on to Joe. Logan Lucky's great, man. Um, That's one of my, that's, that's a near and dear one for me i love steven soderbergh um, you know who i really like too is adam driver i think he gets a lot of shit i think he's i think he gets a lot of shit though he does a really um awesome i don't know if you knew this uh, um but he he uh was a united states marine yeah i I, I did and he he does he owns this really awesome foundation where he um tries to get stage plays and 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 performance to um um uh, people in the armed forces it's very cool that is yeah. really cool what he does. It, it and even fun another fun fact. <laughs> uh, so I don't. I, I went. I graduated from University of Indianapolis. He went there for uh, I think a semester or two. Mm-hmm. There, there's a in the in the theater building because I worked there for a long time. There is a picture of him. Uh, he was playing. I can't remember one of those old plays. It's goofy as hell. But he, there's a picture of him down there. He was doing a, a a play. That's really cool, and it, it's kind of famous in the building now. Mm-hmm. Like people kind of go down there to go look at it because I mean he got huge within the last few years. You yeah. know what I mean with Star Wars and everything. But yeah. So Joe, what is what is something somebody should check out that if they didn't know about it, or they probably don't know about it, and you think they should check it out? Hmm. Um. Trying to think what I've seen. Let's uh, probably. Um. Uh, so I'm a big, big time travel geek. Yes, me too. Um, I love love that stuff. Um, um, one uh one that that was kind of a blind spot for me in in uh, uh the the time travel time travel genre was was a movie called Time Crimes. Have okay. you guys heard of it? Nope. Um, it's a Spanish film, um, um, and uh, uh, it's it's very simple in its premise. Um, um, guy stumbles upon a, a time travel machine, and he ends up in a loop. 
Um, but it's very clever. It's very subtle. It's very clever. Um, um, I, I, you know, I bring it up. I, I'm, try, I'm trying to watch more foreign movies. Right. Um, um, you, you miss out on so much great storytelling um, if, 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 you don't, if you don't branch out into that. So, so time um, crimes. Time crimes. It's a it came out in two thousand seven, I think. What would you find it on, like, uh, like anything streaming, or would you have to like um, look specifically for it somewhere? It's. Let me see. Let me pull it up real quick. I think it's on Shutter. Okay. Oh, okay. Shutter, or um, it might be on Amazon Prime as well. Oh, I'm sure you can find it on there. You can find anything if you're willing to pay yeah. a little bit of money for it. So, um, so Joe's time crimes. What the one I thought Jake was going to go with was the one that he sent me a text about that he likes. He would like to write something oh, similar to it. What is yeah. that? What is that film again? Out of the furnace. It's great Out of the movie. furnace. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's that's real. Yeah. Um, that's a real throwback to like the kind of uh, dismal, um, kind of depressing thrillers of the seventies. Right. That, that one's good. That one's good. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it's for some reason it got really overlooked and uh, a lot of people don't know about it. It has such an all-star cast. Yeah. And I, right after it was first, uh, the first film Bale did after, uh, the dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. So that's awesome. It, yeah. It, it's, did you watch it, Justin? Not did yet. You? I'm going to do it this weekend. Good. Watch it. It's Out great. of the furnace. Uh, all right. Yeah. Dead man. Last one. Uh, I, I am an infinite wealth of knowledge of shit no one's ever heard of. Right. So what what, what do you think <laughs> somebody needs to do right now, though? Like the like, one, the most important one that you think people don't know about that they should see? There's got to okay, be something off the top a, of your head. On a technical level, on a very, 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 very artistic and technical level, direction, uh, the acting, tone beautiful like i don't think anybody I, I know a lot of people have like heard of it but nobody's ever seen it bunraku bunraku it is i thought you were gonna say the room no no i've seen <laughs> the, the room is well known but bunraku um it is a gorgeous film um trying to remember what the fuck his name is hold on uh while you're doing that i'm gonna give mine um because it'll just be quick and it's probably now not it's probably well known now because so many people have talked about it, but Train to Busan. I like that too. That fucking movie. Yeah. I, I have not. The zombie flick I've seen in ages. I don't think I've ever. It's like I've, I've always, I've said this on the podcast a hundred times. Like up until my baby was born, I hadn't cried from the time I was eight years old until then. And that movie Train to Busan was the closest I think I've gotten to crying from watching a film. Like, at, like for some reason that, that got me. The second one is out already. It's called yeah. Peninsula. Oh, really? Yeah, it looks good, too. Yeah, I already saw it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like more apocalyptic. But yeah, it looks looks pretty good. So they have, that, they have that animated one, too, don't they? I don't think they've animated it, no. I, I thought there was an uh, there was an animated... Uh, there might uh, be. Uh, there's an, an I'm pretty sure there's an animated film that goes in the, the train of Tubasan lore nice. in the same world. So, Bunraku is Josh Hartnett, Demi Moore, Woody Harrelson, Holy shit. Ron Perlman, Kevin McKidd, Shun Shigasta, Jordy Meth, Mike Patton, just a, a heavyweight class. And this thing is told like, it's so stylistic. It's told like a pop-up storybook. So, yeah. all the colors are highly, highly contrasted. It's It's got samurai, Vikings. It's got a, a Josh Hartnett 
plays kind of like an old school detective type, uh, just wicked, wicked layered story. I was just thinking, where has that guy been? I love that guy. Uh, he yeah, I like quit too. out of Hollywood. He's done more voice acting lately, but this came out in 2010. And I, I can tell you, like, from like as somebody who wants to be a director and somebody who's directed stuff and written stuff and tried to make it as stylized as possible, Bunraku, uh, B U N R A K U. All right. Just watch just it. Just gorgeous. Watch just it. absolutely gorgeous. That sounds awesome. <laughs> All right. So we are running low on time. The wife's already uh, sending me text asking me how long we have. So. We did have a couple other sections, but that just means Joe and Jake that we got to do this again as well. Dead man with you. I'm up for it. Of course. But we're going to move on to our final game, which I'll explain to you guys right now. Um, I just sounded like Purd from fucking um, Parks and Rec. I I told you what I was going to say and (laughs) then said it. Um, But anyways, this is a game that is kind of a ripoff of the Adam Carolla show. They play a game called the Rotten Tomatoes game, and it's literally what they do in their game is... They pick a slate of movies, everybody writes down their score, then they release, like they they say their score um, of the Rotten Tomatoes percentage. So basically, you know, say they throw out uh, 007 uh, Goldeneye or something like that. They have to guess how close, um, they have to guess the percentage on Rotten Tomatoes, and whoever's the closest percentage-wise it's like kind of like golf. You want the lowest score. So you want to get as close to that percentage as possible. So I kind of bastardized this uh, game a little bit to not completely steal it from them and kind of go in my direction. And I decided to call it the tomato meter movie death match because it's pitting two movies against each other. And what I want each one of you guys to do is to guess which movie had the higher rotten tomato score. And then I want as a side kind of side bet to make sure that we don't have ties because you guys might guess all the same movies. Um, I want you guys also to guess what the score is. And if Joe, if you could do me a favor and write down the uh, percentage and then what everybody um, guesses as well. And we'll, we'll run through this. Does that sound under like, does everybody understand that? Does like, yeah, I know it Mm -hmm. sounds ridiculous and, and uh, a little confusing, (laughs) But uh, we're going to go ahead and start because, like I said, I'm on a, I'm on a time, time limit here. So the first two movies, these are both near and dear to my heart. And, uh, you know, every one of these movies I'm going to give a little bit of information about um, from G- just me personally. Um, the first movie is Christmas Story versus It's a Wonderful Life. Christmas Story is big to me because that's the one that played all day. Um, I would... Uh, go to my family Christmas or whatever we would do. I would sit on the couch, watch that, fall asleep, wake up, maybe finish it, maybe be starting back over and watching it again. I've, I really enjoy it, even though it does get a lot of shit for not being that good of a movie. Um, you know, that's I feel like a lot of people pit, like are like, oh, it just sucks because it's overplayed, that kind of thing. But I still do, do enjoy watching it. And then the second one, It's a Wonderful Life, is my number one favorite Christmas movie of all time. I watch it all the time, and I know that there's even people that say it's not necessarily a Christmas movie. Um, it just happens during Christmas time, kind of like Die Hard, I guess. But it's still to me. Hey, hey, hey. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> we we won't you. we won't get into that debate because I don't really care one way or the other. I I think it's cool to say it's a Christmas movie, but don't really care. Uh, by, by the way, Joe, you don't have to worry about. That. I'll, I'll keep score. I'll I'll sit this game out and I'll just keep score. Okay. 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 So so first f- so first both of you guys will start with Jake. Um, Christmas Story or It's a Wonderful Life? Which one has the higher tomato meter percentage? 
I love both movies, but I would definitely say It's a Wonderful Life has a higher percentage. What? So I'm pretty sure it was nominated for like Academy Awards and stuff. So what percentage would you guess it is? Between it's zero and a hundred. Ninety six. All right. Joe. Christmas story or it's a wonderful life? Yeah, I'm gonna agree with that. I, I think uh, a wonderful life is definitely gonna have the the higher percentage. Um, hmm. And what percentage would you like to to guess? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go just a just a tad lower lower, and we're we're gonna go closer to like ninety one. All right. So that's a very great job by both of you guys. Very fantastic work. I thought that it might trip you up with the Christmas story. I kind of I kind of undersold Christmas story. Christmas story is certified fresh at 89%. But It's a Wonderful Life is also certified fresh at 94%. So Joe, so Jake said 96%. Joe said 91. Jake was 3 I, or Jake was two away. Two. Joe was was uh, three away. All right. So the next one is something that I am excited to hear your guys' thoughts on. This is going to be, I think, tougher for both of you guys because these are not known as extremely competent Christmas films. Um, the first film, The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, and Jingle All the Way. <laughs> <laughs> It jingle all the way successful. So, so we'll, uh, am I am I starting? Now? So we'll start with Joe. Which one between the Santa Claus Three, the Escape Clause, and Jingle All the Way is the higher score? Before you do that, real quick, the reason that I threw Santa Claus Three, the Escape Clause, is is Jen, my wife, watches the Santa Claus movies every Christmas. She watches all three of them, and I just I can't stand them. They're not my favorite at all. I'm movies. not a fan of them. And then Jingle All the Way I threw in there because I keep seeing like commercials for it or or like clips of it on TV and I just remember loving it as a kid. So that's why I added those two. Yeah, Jingle All the Way was was uh was I watched over and over and over again um as a kid. Um um but yeah, yeah, I definitely have to go with that. That for the um it is my go, right? Yeah, First. yeah, and okay. you're going with that as the higher score. Um, yes, uh, definitely. Um, it uh, one, if you get into three, the third iteration of any movie, it's going to go down in oh, yeah. meter typically. Um, <laughs> I don't. I'm going to say nostalgic factor has got this one, so I think it's going to be higher than than um, I would expect. So I'm going to go with. I'm gonna say a solid seven. You gotta, you got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just try to help a little bit. You gotta remember it's zero to a hundred, and this is by critics. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, yeah, I understand. I went by the critic score, so you went mm -hmm. with seventy percent. Yeah. All right, Jake. Between I'll, I'll go Santa Claus three, too. just because the critics doesn't mean they don't have an, uh, an unconscious sense of nostalgia that's true. that, that's that true. feeds into their criticism. It happens. And those, and those scores are constantly updated. Yes, they are. I'll go jingle all the way as well. I'll go 75. All right. So you guys are both way off. Uh, you're right on the you're right on the movie. The Santa Claus three, the, the escape clause was 17%. Wow. <laughs> About right. About right. You, you were you were wrong. Should be. You were wrong on your film though. Jingle all the way was 15%. Uh, Damn, really? <laughs> both certified rotten. 
Um, <laughs> I really thought that one would have. So, so Joe made Joe, up, Joe made up a few points on that because he yeah. was five points lower than Jake. Um, but yeah, those <laughs> movies are both fucking stinkers in the eyes of the critics, no matter how much they are nostalgic about them. All right, he was Sinbad, man. God. And the, and the Hitchcock reference. Yep. Thank you, Paul Schreier, for uh, sharing the stream. I appreciate it. Uh, Paul Schreier and the uh, Pointless Discussions crew uh, slowing down there uh, and uh, potentially ending that podcast. We uh, will miss you guys, but I'm sure you're going to be working on a lot of other projects, especially with us. The next, uh, the next two movies. This is the last round here. The this is actually kind of a, I think, interesting um, matchup because this is the same movie. Well, at the same subject matter so the fir- the first movie is how the grinch stole christmas year 2000 the other one is how the grinch stole christmas 1967 so the animated version in 1967 and then the how the grinch stole christmas year 2000 was the one with jim carrey and we will be starting with jake on this one as well i'm gonna go with oh, man that's a tough one that's a good question because <laughs> i mean I'm just going to go with 67 since it's the original. I'm going to say that has the higher rating. And I'm going to say its rating is, I'll say 92. 92. Okay. Joe, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, 1967. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, 2000. Live action. Can't believe it's been 20 years. That's fucking crazy. That's weird. Right? Um, Yeah. Thanks for that. Um yeah, um, I can't remember. I, I was just trying to think back uh, to, to remember how critically, how well it was received. And the, the toughest part about these Christmas movies and doing this deathmatch thing is I feel like Christmas movies have um, a lot of place in people's hearts. Like they love certain movies. Like, for example, The Grinch from year 2000, watch it every year. Not, I don't know necessarily if I watch the animated one every year, but I definitely watch the one with Jim Carrey every year. I watch yeah, that hard. Yeah. Love for Christmas movies are all nostalgia bias, bias one way or the other. Um, I, I, I'm gonna go with sixty with the, with the sixty seven version too. Um, okay. um, but I'm gonna say a little lower. Um, I'm actually gonna go closer to seventy five. Seventy five percent for Joe. All right, so this is a uh, this is a this is a tight game here. Um, how the Grinch Stole Christmas in the year 2000 is certified rotten at 49%. 49%. And then How the Grinch Stole Christmas 1967, one of a handful of movies on Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh at 100%. Ooh, wow. Every so critic wins that one. Yep, yeah. Every critic that has ever reviewed The Grinch Who Stole Christmas 1967 has given it a, a positive review. 100%. Every single one of them, which I think is insane with that the amount insane. of people that are critics and the amount of people that watch these films and, and critique these films. So um, that's two for two for, for Jake, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we got Joel on one and Jake on two. Yep. So the the last thing that I wanted to do before I got out of here was just a little bit of news just because I thought this was interesting and I wanted you guys to kind of hear about it too. You probably already have. HBO will be streaming all Warner Brothers films from 2021 simultaneously as they come out in theaters. I am pumped for this on HBO Max. What I do you guys think about it? I am not pumped for it. <laughs> I'm not pumped. Why is that? I... 
because we're about to see uh, this is the start of the death of movie theaters that is and possible i don't i don't like to see that so i i like it i mean i understand we're in a new age of you know where we watch things through streaming and i get that i love it too i enjoy it especially with covid going on but man like nothing is like one of these days like your kid your your you know they're, they're gonna grow up they may not even know what a movie theater is that's true and i just think that's sad and, and, but that's how much i love yeah. film and going to the movie theater and how much of an event it was yeah i didn't but, really think about it that way yeah but yeah i mean i think it's i think people will enjoy it and i think it's good for the situation going on with with covid but i do i don't want to see movie theaters fail though i right. really don't all right joe what are your thoughts on that um, yeah, I don't dis- I don't disagree with that sentiment. Um, I'm curious. I, I mean, I love I, I love the movie experience, uh, the movie theater experience as well. Um, I even before uh, it, it's sad because even for COVID, the theater experience was going out the door. Um, right. it, it just it's the it's the way that the model was moving. Um, the, what I am curious about is so you said that they will be simultaneously releasing them in movie theaters and yeah on their streaming service yeah okay i'm curious how long they will be able to um support that right because disney showed that um direct to release without the theater uh um, without the the um, the theater release for Mulan failed horribly. Yeah, their, um, their problem and was nobody just... wants to spend twenty or thirty bucks on a right. on a um, on a video rental. So that'll so, be the difference with HBO. They're they're streaming them no it's, cost. It's just the sub, the subscription, subscription cost. Yeah, um, that 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 you're paying for. Um, and like if you're an AT and T member, you uh, they they're offering HBO Max for their for their um that service if you if you uh have have their cell phone service yeah um it's cool i gotta look into that (laughs) yeah yeah um it it, it, it's interesting um i haven't personally searched through the hbo max um uh library yet they got a lot of good stuff yeah um but i mean i I don't. I I'm kind of with Jake on on. It's sad to see the uh, um, the movie theater experience going in the direction that it is. It's kind of dying out out. But what I would hope is that we. St- I don't really know how, it, know how to word this in a in a way that um, because it's not a fully fledged out thought yet. I guess um, I would. I just hope that that the direction of 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 film in general um um people who love film and enjoy the film the, the movie theater experience can and the, and the big heads that are like actually involved in in decision making when it comes to like the like the model or whatever i hope that we will eventually be able to put our heads together and figure out a model that works to um kind of preserve that experience in one way or another i don't know what that answer is right um uh, but it is it is sad to me. I, I I do agree. But I also 
But this also means I have another giant library of movies that yeah. I can see. You know what I'm <laughs> from from a from a a purely accessible what's what's accessible to me right um, perspective. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, Dead Man. I'm I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you about thirty seconds because I gotta end this soon. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. Go on. I'm, Thought, I'm good. Thoughts on the uh, HBO thing. Uh, I think it's an awesome thing. I do not see movie theaters going away at all for one very, very big and strict reason. It's that some companies simply will not stream. Warner Brothers has been literally the last one to capitulate to any kind of streaming service, and I congratulate them for saying, fuck it, full send. However, that itself is showing us that, yeah, they were still holding on to hope. They were still holding on to this because so, so many movie companies will not stream they will not go to dvd we have we have that uh recall just closed down for not being able to to uh premiere james bond's new movie mm -hmm. like yeah. that's that 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 in itself is letting us know that we're not going anywhere this is a solid industry and nobody loves going to the fucking movies more than me because i have to buy popcorn <laughs> it doesn't matter if i walk into a goddamn theater I buy popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I don't see a movie. Yeah. All right. This has happened several times. I've been made fun of for it. Now, going back to the rest of it, I think this is an awesome fucking thing because so much of a movie's budget is spending on advertising. Is spending on distributing the film, getting the rights distributed to certain theaters, bidding wars for who's going to be able to premiere when and how. This is going to open up so much more of an avenue of people being able to debut and not have to fucking worry about who they're competing against. Like when, so like when movies get swept under the rug because they debuted the same weekend as another huge giant movie. How many movies did The Matrix destroy? Right. How many movies did uh, Star Wars destroy? Right. Yeah. There, there, are, there are so many movies that came out in that dis in December with the last, even the three sequels that we have no fucking clue. We <laughs> we saw them two months later. Like, oh fuck, that came out right. Yeah. Shit, it's on DVD already. So we've got we got a, a, a positive and negative uh, response to that, and I also want to just say thank you to all of you guys for joining. I appreciate you, Dead Man, jumping yeah. in uh, last minute and just kind of hanging out. And uh, Joe, I appreciate you as well. We kind of already uh, said where we can find everybody, and like I said, I'm at a I'm on a uh, time crunch. So what we'll do is, I'll, if you guys send me all your guys' social and how people find you, I'll put it in the uh, the show notes and in the uh, podcast and everything like that. Just shoot me that email, and uh, I appreciate everybody that watched. And followed along on on facebook even though it's a saturday and i know you guys are busy so once again uh jake uh i appreciate you joining joe i appreciate you joining miguel we will see you guys soon and uh i'll plan another one of these and we'll do some more trivia we'll just do something a little different and we'll uh see you guys here soon okay yeah i gotta really oh, yeah. myself for that performance yep <laughs> peace out guys i appreciate you joining it was fun guys bye guys thanks